Interleague Faithful. It's Tuesday again. Episode 84 of the opening series. Today we dive deep, or kind of deep, medium hole, size-ish, um, about our team's opening week. How did we do? Where were our players at? Did we do what they expected? Where's our pitching? Spags will complain about his fantasy team. Um, and that's pretty much how this episode's going to go, and I want to highly stress that Spags will most likely complain about his fantasy team. So, at the top of the hour, we're going to bring you Yankees and Cardinals action. If you are ready, let's go, Spags. All right, I'm, I was going to go into this and try really hard not to, because that's basically all I've been doing for the last 20 minutes that we've been chatting. I know, that's so why I, I figured. So it's going to try not to, but... I feel like I there is a section on here for fantasy baseball stuff. So yeah, I'm just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find the silver linings in situations, although there's really only one right now, and it's who my opponent yeah. is. And <laughs> so, um, or not even like who my opponent now. is, just the the team I'm matching up against is having the same struggles that my team is. So luck of the draw, luck of the yeah. draw. But we don't need to start a fantasy because if we start there, it'll take, uh, it could take up some time yeah. for sure. Now we might naturally lead into that, but we can uh, start with some actual, maybe baseball stuff. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Um, yeah. I think that there's a, a handful of things worth talking about we'll just kind of go through them and see uh where things end up i guess see what see what all we have time to get to um but i guess first and foremost we can start with either the cardinals or the yankees wherever you feel most comfortable um well then that would be the cardinals probably okay. i've watched i've had the yankees on in the background but you know typical me that's how i watch uh most baseball games is in the background while I got a gang of shit going on. So, and I definitely miss Garrett Cole's start, which is probably <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, miss much. But, you know, if I was watching, he would have probably done better. Yeah, and the Yankees do typically perform better when you're watching. I you know, I had the game on today. I was, you know, in and out most of the time. Yeah, they... I have to go back and look at, actually, all the games now. I haven't... I don't know if well, I well, I know you watched the Sunday night game. For the Definitely watched part. the Sunday night game, and that, the that was their that was their only loss to Boston. Okay. So even even though Cole's start wasn't that great, the Yankees still won that game. So sure. not wasn't the end of the world. It just sucked for me fantasy wise. So the team in general is fine without me. Cole, on the other hand, yeah, Cole needs you. We'll, we'll watch tomorrow's start. We'll yeah, watch Garrett. Tomorrow's start. Garrett needs you for sure. Um, I just realized that I set these up differently on the agenda, so I'm going to fix that. All right. <clears throat> um, so we, I think it's fine that we said we were going to start with the Cardinals, and then you immediately started talking about Garrett Cole. He does not play for the Cardinals. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I think what we, I think we initially discussed like just leaving it to the opening series, but that was my train of thought whenever we were like when I was throwing this together last night, when we were anticipating on recording last night and then, you know, new dad duties 
came a calling, and yeah, and you you needed some rest, so we pushed it to tonight, um, which is fine. So now I feel like with a couple, with a you know, well I guess for the Cardinals it's just one game into their one more game, but it's only one more game against Kansas City, and the Yankees are now at the halfway point in this four game set with Toronto. So I, I feel like it's at least worth talking about the games this week as well. Um, so I, I will say, mm-hmm. like, we just address it, like, up to this point. So for the Cardinals, it's, what, four games into the season, and the Yankees played their fifth tonight. Even though the Cardinals could have played all of their games against Pittsburgh, but <laughs> rainouts for non-inclement weather is kind of uh, the Cardinals' Annoying. MO. So. It's like you have built-in snow days, and you're just like, hey, we could use them, you know? Yeah. Remember all that complaining? Oh, hey, it's going to be so hard to reschedule games and all this stuff if we miss the beginning of the year. Oh, just oh, immediately. Hey, it looks like it's going to rain, so let's just not play today. Um, Day off? Yeah, def- definitely. It's definitely funny. Uh, I think it's a great point. Um, I will say that they have basically said – that there's like a hard line, like, hey, we're not going to add more than like three days to the end of the season. Like, we want to start the playoffs by this date. Um, so, uh, and I think that there's like some statute like in the MLB rules and like regulations for like the players union that they have to have a day off ever so often. Um and I think a lot of those days off have already been taken up for makeup games. And some of them have been like pre-scheduled double headers. Um, so I know like, for example, I think the Yankees like coming out of the all-star break, they were supposed to have that Thursday off. And now that Thursday is a double header against, I think Houston or something like that, that they just like shifted games around. And now they have two games on that Thursday when it was supposed to be an off day. Um, and remember that doubleheaders aren't seven innings this year. They're nine inning games. So full nine, full nine. We're not trying to cheat innings this yeah. year. Dude. So there's no. We're uh, trying to get our games in fair and square. Yeah, there's no manipulating that situation for teams that are like, we don't have the arms that other teams do. So let's just rain out games and we'll schedule a doubleheader tomorrow, where we yeah, can especially uh, against the pirate. Yeah, where we can save up. You know, where we can just get fourteen innings in two games instead of eighteen. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> I will say for the Cardinals, in my opinion, that th- things kind of went as anticipated, um, in the opening series with the exception of like, obviously I didn't anticipate there being a rain out, but the, the other three games like going two and one. Um, I think it is very tough to sweep a team. I've said it time and time again. Um, but I, I think in the first two games, like Wayno did what Wayno does. Um, the Cardinals were clearly the better team. Wainwright was clearly the better pitcher. And they won pretty handily 9-0. Um, yeah. I think that's what you should anticipate a lot from teams playing the Pirates. Um, yep. Saturday... Yeah, Saturday we went to the game. Um, Michaelis was shaky early. Um, got out of that early jam with only allowing the one run. Um, and I think at that point we both were like, this game's probably over. 
like this was the pirate's chance um and they didn't capitalize um and i i think it was pretty quick that the cardinals came back and took the lead if i'm not mistaken yeah that yeah in the first inning i do believe yeah like it it just yeah nolan arenado uh yeah they uh, they tied it up they tied it up in the first um and then the pirates scored again in the third i think that's when like michaels got out of trouble again and they again didn't capitalize um, and then that's when they had the beginning and uh, Paul DeYoung to run home run. And then it's yeah. kind of smooth sailing from there. Like, I don't even think the Pirates really threatened the rest of the game. And all. Yeah, no, it became a pretty just like quick game, honestly. Like it felt, yeah. it felt like it was going by pretty quick. Yeah, the wor- like the only part that made it seem longer early on. So, A, the game was kind of moving along because both pitchers took a minute to settle in. But where we were at, there was no sun yet, and it was chilly. It was windy, and it was cold, um, and it did not feel like April. And then as soon as the sun got to us, it was very comfortable. It was a very beautiful day. Yeah, it was a very beautiful day. Great day for baseball. It just – It it took a minute, you know, that 12 o'clock start time, and and sitting in the shade with the wind going, it was a little brisk. Super brisk. Um, and so then the third game, which again, like it, this, I think most series are typically three games. I think beating any team three games in a row is very tough to do. Um, so I think what was surprising here is the Cardinals jumped out early and it looked like, like, okay, this is just another dominant performance. I think Arenado had the big home run and the first uh, to make it three to nothing. Um, and Matt's pitched decent enough for like the first two innings. Um, I, I wouldn't say that they were like shut down innings. Um, but he was doing what he does. Like he pitched a contact. Uh, he's not going to be a big strikeout guy. He did have a strikeout in the first, gave up a single. And then in the second, I think he, um, struck out two guys actually and then got a ground out back to him so looked pretty pretty solid like looked like things were going in the right direction um i know i sent you a message today because i saw an article where ali marmal was saying that there was like a blister that popped up after the second inning i don't know how matt that works counting all, matt was he was counting his paycheck you know so he got a little finger blister <laughs> yes i don't know I don't know how that works, but to me, it it doesn't really show. Like again, like I I didn't full on watch the game. Um, yeah, I didn't catch any of the Sunday game. Yeah, I forget what I was doing. I I know the Yankees weren't playing. I think I was just kind of getting shit done around the house because uh, they had another day game because the Cardinals have played like 850 day games already this season. Yep, yep. Uh, 115 games. Today was the first non-115 game. Yeah, and they play tomorrow during the day. Yeah. Like, it's an yeah. afternoon game again tomorrow. I know, I wish I... Which is weird. I know. Well, it's going to rain again tomorrow, but... So. Yeah, so it'll probably be canceled. There's, game, it's but... rumored that it's going to rain, so it'll probably get canceled. Um, <laughs> that is true. But no, so, so, like I said, so in the, in the first two innings, like, he had the three strikeouts, but he had three ground ball outs as well so pitching to contact he wasn't going deep in counts you know or anything like that um and the third inning 
like he fell behind early to the leadoff hitter um 3-0 battled back to make it 3-2 and then the guy singled to left um then gamble kind of same thing like went a little deeper it was five pitches but he got him to line out to left field out in front again which is basically what happens but Brian Hayes was a single on the first pitch ground ball. Um, Brian Reynolds single on the first pitch was just a line drive. Um, and then Michael Chavez hit the grand slam on the first pitch. So he wasn't like laboring, wasn't going deep into counts. Like he was still throwing the ball in the zone, pitching the contact, which is what you expect out of Steven Matz. Like he's not going to be a big time strikeout guy. Yeah. Um, it's not what we signed him even, for. You signed even, him because you got a defense. Yeah, even though he struck out five guys through the first three innings. It's like, I, well, I mean, to me, you are that's playing the, the Pirates. Anomaly. Yeah. You are playing the Pirates. So. For sure. That's fair. Um, but again, it was like that that big opportunity, and it was the, the form of the Grand Slam. Like, prior to that, it was the Pirates having three singles and not scoring a run. And we said the same thing about it on Saturday that they had Vogelbach leading off and he has zero speed. Like I, he's fast compared to me, but he's very slow compared to the average leadoff hitter for MLB. Um, and so when he, he's a weird roster management. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when he failed to score on a base hit to like right center from second base, it was, crazy to me that i was just like man like there's no way that should ever be the case you know like and then i was like oh yeah they're playing the pirates and their payroll's like 35 million dollars a year like they probably don't have many oh. better options um you know he'd probably be a great leadoff hitter for him this year would be adam frazier but nah no nah, he's way better on the he's been on two teams since he's been on the pirates he's on a second team yeah, he went to San Diego, and then I forget where he signed. Seattle, maybe? I think he's one of the uh, yeah, yeah, 800 on... infielders that Seattle signed. They, they all went to Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we're, we're going to hang out over here. Seattle's, like, trendy, though, you know? so Yeah. It's not cool we're... to be – it's not cool to be an outfielder in Seattle. Yeah. You know, they don't root for – Unless you're Mitch Hanager. No. Like, they haven't rooted for an outfielder since Ken Griffey Jr., it's like if you're not Kegger for Junior, we don't like you. Oh dang, John Schmoltz kicked off MLB Network. Yeah, breaking not, news, not, dude. Not wanting to get vaxxed. Yeah, can't get vaxxed, dude. Rough, rough, rough. Oh, well, that's not that's not the news, but that's why I just rolled across <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, um, but no, so so for me, oh, yeah, it was, yeah, so for me, it, it was again like the three singles without scoring a run. That is baffling to me. Um, I get it happens, but I feel like it should be a rarity. Like majority of the league should be able to score from second on a base hit. Um, now I, I get like, I didn't watch the game, so I don't want to talk too much shit. Um, Cause I don't know like <laughs> where the ball went. Like maybe it was like kind of a lower line drive and they needed to make sure like Edmund didn't grab or something like that, jumping up for the ball. Um, 
or you know anything anything along those lines so maybe he had to hold maybe it was like a line drive like dropped right in in front of the right fielder so he had to hold to make sure it would get down because you don't want to get doubled off so there are there are situations where it would make sense um so i don't i don't want to say like i i can't understand any realm where it happened but it just seemed to be the same case on on saturday and i know with 100 percent certainty that that's a ball that he should have scored on. Like it was just not reading the ball off the bat and being slow, being being slow for baseball standards. Whenever I have a bad trade about somebody, I understand that they're quicker than I am. They're better than I am. So I'm going to stop specifying, but I get it. I just mean from professional baseball standards, he's slow. Yeah. That's um, fair. Like Molina, Molina's slow, but Molina would probably dust me in a foot race. And he's got some stolen bases, you know. Yeah. Molina just he just like looks like he's trying so hard to get going. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, but looking at the box score, I mean over three plus innings, I think he faced batters in the fourth before they went to Woodford. Um, yeah, because he the seven runs were charged to him. So three plus innings, nine hits, seven earned runs. He only walked one guy. He only gave up the one home run, um, and there were the five strikeouts. And yeah, it's I not a good say... way to start the year after saying that you want to be a uh, a workhorse, two hundred inning guy. Um, you know, I get it. You just signed a contract, but you know, three innings, uh, letting up nine hits. It's not a it's not a warm welcome, Stephen Matz, especially against the Pirates, but. Oh, and here we go. Perfect example. I'd look to see what happened in the fourth inning. So fourth inning after the Pirates just put up five on the board, Roberto Perez lead off guy again. He walks Ben Gamble singles. Brian Hayes singles on a ground ball to center fielder and Perez scored. So good for him. Uh, that's awesome. See, it's like you should score. So maybe something happened in the third that he couldn't. It was a different kind of play, but. He at least scored from second on a ground ball base hit. Um, but I, but again, like the same situation, like the Perez walk. Yep. Okay. On five pitches isn't great. I guess I can bring up the pitch track. It looked like everything was just kind of like high and away. I don't know if Perez is right-handed or left-handed. Oh, where do you get that at? Um, if you're in MLB.com. Yep. And you're just looking at the plays. You can click the drop yes. down to see what uh what the pitch oh, on the selection single? was. Gotcha. Yeah, and then you can change the graph that gets displayed. That'll show you like where the pitch tracker shows it. Oh, nice. Um I don't know how big the squares are for reference with like how far outside it is. Um it would probably be beneficial, but so yeah, like I'm <clears throat> so I, I chalk it up to a couple of other things. A, I don't think you're gonna get a ton from Steven Matz. I don't think he's worth eleven million dollars a year. Um I didn't think that when they signed him. I think that it's fine, you know, whatever. Um I think he could be a number four, number five. I think he probably should make half of what he is. Um would have been like what I projected his value at. Um but I think that this is what you're going to get. I think you're going to get some clunkers of games, and I think you're going to get some gems. Uh, and then I think there'll be some middle of the road, like, ah, uh, that was a fine outing. Like, he gets you five innings of two-run baseball, you know? Like, keeps your team in the keeps game. Keeps you in the game. Yeah. 
uh, gives you an opportunity to win. And I think more often than not, he'll probably give you that opportunity. Um, Especially but, with the defense behind him. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of what he's going to do is pitch the contact, and he's going to try to keep the ball in the yard, um, keeping the ball down, a lot of ground balls. And if they, you know, if they don't go to players, it's going to be a situation where he has to limit by not giving up the big home run. And really, that was the only big hit that he gave up. Um, I think it was that home run and then a double um, later in that inning um, were the only two extra base hits he gave up. Other than that, like, he gave up seven singles and didn't walk again. Yeah, uh, I was watching, I watched Skip's. Uh, press conference afterwards on the Steven Matz thing and uh, you know being a good coach um, they're just saying you know they were going back looking at like videos of like you know balls that got through right in front of outfielders you know you know just right through the infield or whatever stuff they're you know they can either clean up or it's just kind of a bad break type situation or whatever Um, so you know they were you know being a good coach siding on Matt's um, but again, I didn't watch the game, so. Right, and it's again, it, it's and it's one, one outing, it's one game, and I do think it's very tough to beat a team three games in a row, regardless of who that team is. Yeah. Like sweeping a series yeah. in I mean, baseball isn't common. Yeah, and the Pirates are like trying to win baseball games. Like they're right, they're still like, a team of it's major. It's not like leaguers. their player. Yeah, it's not like their players aren't collectively trying to win games they're just not always going to have the most talent but they're going to win you know 50 60 70 games so probably probably 50 60 probably stop there yeah. i don't know i think yeah. they'll lose 100 so i don't think they'll yeah. get, <laughs> keep brian hayes my carrying bro okay okay he makes 10 million dollars a year dude he makes 10 yeah. million dollars and that's that's what I'm saying. like they don't and it's not that they don't have good players like i think brian reynolds is a very good player i think brian hayes is pretty good yeah. <laughs> they're uh, all trying to show off for other teams that's like correct. it's like a major league farm club you right know? they are like, you're they gonna are get to travel to professionally yeah you get and, to say you're in the mlb yeah showcase against other major league talent for where you're gonna sign and when you hit free agency that when you get <laughs> yeah. that six years where are you going to sign yeah. next? Um, or come come trade for me because my contract's stupid low. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Get... Brian Hayes, now that he has that extension, he's under team control for seven years. The yeah. Pirates are like, he's hoping to be like, dude, let me blow it up. And the Pirates are like, yeah, <laughs> dude, give us like five players that are cost controlled that we can just continue to lower our payroll. Let's do yep. it. Um, yep. It is baffling to me that that contract is the highest contract the Pittsburgh Pirates franchise has ever signed. And don't get me wrong. Like I, <laughs> I understand that baseball contracts are ridiculous compared to what they were even 20 years ago. Um, so like when you, when you think of guys like that, they have like Barry Bonds as a, as a very young player um, and like how good their team, I guess like, I don't want to say how good their team was, but that they were always viewed as competitive you know, through like the nineties and shit like that. Like when, you know, like I started to get into baseball, it was ne- like the pirates were never like this big joke. Like they didn't, they weren't winning pennants left and right or anything like that, but it wasn't like, Oh, this is a win. And, uh, I, I feel like a lot of people are like, well, momentum is really not a base- thing in baseball. The top of baseball payroll has definitely changed way more than the bottom. 
payroll of baseball, you know. That's fair, right. but that, that's why, like, it's so it. Or, it there's been a little more time for me. other teams to separate themselves in payroll. I guess I should say. Right. So, so I don't, I don't mean to say like I'm surprised that the Pirates are so far out of it, but I just find it crazy that like there hasn't been like there's basically never been like that one big free agent signing. There's never been that piece that they've ever brought in for like a big time deal. You know, like that, that just never happened. Like they've never done that. And that's what I think is crazy. Cause I don't think, you know, $70 million is it's an astronomical money. amount of money. Yeah. Like Garrett Cole makes yeah. more than that in two seasons, which I get yeah. that's a stupid contract. Like I, at, when he has outings like he did against Boston makes me really upset that I'm like, man, I, we could have had, you know, we could have had the entire B- Pirates pitching staff do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we, like Mitch Keller can, can throw clunkers against the Red Sox. Let's like, why don't we have yeah, Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa? Just, just throw guys. You know, like, and JT Ralmuto. Let's just fuck a pitching staff. Let's just have the best offense ever, and if we don't score nine runs, we lose. But that's what we're gonna do. Um, <clears throat> but no, I so I think it was. I like again. So taking two out of three from Pittsburgh, and then the fourth game that was supposed to be yesterday got rained out. So I guess we'll wait to see what happens. Um, when they make that game up in June, however you want to view it. I don't know if that makes that a, um, yeah, so that'll be a four game series then. So, and you know, the 14th is a double header now. Um, so I guess the easiest way to look at it is like, okay, so the Cardinals took two out of three here. And then instead of this being a four game series, the series in June is a four game series. Um, played the Royals tonight. And the offense carried them. Uh, mm-hmm. Hudson was fine. Um, wasn't very sharp. He looked at the two home runs. Yeah, gave up the two home runs, which I think those home runs, like, uh, Michael A. Taylor, probably not a, a big-time home run hitter, um, but Salvi Perez certainly is. Um, right. Plenty of people. home runs last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he led the AL in home runs or some shit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pretty sure. Yeah, so and, and, he hit, yeah. and he hit another one after that off of, uh, I forget who, who was pitching later, Wickerin maybe. Or it might have been before Wickerin came in. Um, <clears throat> but so I think, I think what's most alarming here is it was just another four-inning outing from a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this on Saturday when Michaelis had his long first inning where he threw like 30 pitches or whatever the hell it was, 40 pitches in the first. Um, and I asked the question, who do you think will have more quality starts on the year, Adam Wainwright or the rest of the Cardinals pitching? Um, and I legitimately, like, I, I think we both legitimately consider like Waino, if he gets to like 30 starts, like, so say he's healthy for a majority of the year, that yeah, Wayno he only misses probably, just a couple spot starts here and there. Yeah, it's like Wayno probably has more quality starts than the rest of the Cardinals pitching. And that, to me, is what will eventually catch up to the Cardinals. Um, 
because I think a big part of why they've started the year three and one playing against two teams that I expect to finish well below 500 um, is because their offense has been absolutely ridiculous to this point. You know, in, in my opinion, like it's just been on yeah, the offense, unreal. The offense is on a tear, that's for sure. Yeah, like... <clears throat> um, I guess the philosophical differences uh, are gone. You know, all of a sudden, you know, they can hit the ball all the time, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. yeah that so they have... or they've played the Pirates in the Kansas City. I think that was the <laughs> biggest thing I took away from it, like when I was looking at my zeros and heroes um, forum, like really like guys doing what you ex- somewhat expect them to do, and not more like Nolan Arenado, like carrying the team, like cool, like yeah. There's no that. way Paul acting off that. But the big ones for me are Tyler O'Neill continuing to like you know hit for power. He's looking all right. It's not you know never. It's hard to say you're hitting for a great average when you've only had, you know, 13 to 15 at-bats. Yeah, Uh, I personally think that O'Neal does not look great at the plate. O'Neal had the one big game where I think he got all of his tonight? I think tonight he did strike out like two or three times. Yeah, he's not not striking out a ton. Like, he's only got two strikeouts on the year, um, which is way down. Like, he's actually struck out less than, like, all of the other regular starters – with the exception of uh, Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond's the only like everyday starter that has less strikeouts than O'Neill. So it's, it's not even that to me. Like he just isn't, he isn't, they're not hits, um, but he has the three hits on the year. Again, like you said, it's only four games, it's only been 13 at bats, but he's been quiet outside of the one game. Um, I yeah. think like all of his hits, or two of his three hits and one of them being like the big three run home run, I think came and the same game. He had like five RBIs in that one game. Yeah. I will say where I am, I'm definitely concerned with O'Neill and his current spot in the lineup. And I'm interested to see what Ali Marmol does in the lineup. Cause now we've gone um, today, made four games where the lineup was pretty much exact. It was exactly the same minus like your, um, uh, uh, sixth or fifth hitter is just been a combination. Whoever is the DH that day, Corey Dickerson or Albert Pujols. Today was the first day that Edmund bumps up and hits in Molina. What was Molina spot and Kisner goes down at the bottom of the lineup, but at the top of the lineup, I mean, O'Neill batting third is only weird to me because if he can't, if someone's not on base or he hits into a double play, I always go back to the um, Tony Rulusa was like, well, I bat Albert third because I guarantee him hitting in the first inning. Yeah. So I don't know how long of a leash O'Neal will have batting third, especially when Arenado is like killing it, although they should be pitching well to O'Neal. But Carlson leading off uh, and doing well is um, what I've also liked to see. Yeah, I have always been of the belief that Edmund and Carlson should be at the top of the lineup. Well, that's I kind of like the that's why I kind of like the Edmund turning it over, like the again the old Arusa, like hey, I I have a leadoff guy at nine sometimes because that's just then I have two it, when the lineup comes up nine and I turn it over now I'm at one. Yeah, that I, that's I, I don't mind what that. Harrison Bader should be. Yeah, because Harrison Bader yeah. isn't going to bat three hundred, but Edmund and Carlson easily could. 
Um, and they're both switch hitters. So it doesn't matter who is on the mound. Um, you're going to get a favorable matchup for them to bat. You know, if you believe in righty lefty, lefty righty matchups, but they're table setters and they both have the capability of running. Um, so you can't, you can't try to get Goldschmidt and Arenado to chase. A, Goldschmidt is super patient at the plate, so you're not really going to get him to chase a lot anyway. Um, but if you do start bouncing pitches and stuff like that, like it just reminds me of like the Whitey Ball era with Coleman and McGee at the top of the lineup. Um, that if you threw breaking balls in the dirt, they were going to steal bases on you. Um, yeah. And if they allow Carlson and Edmund to run, then great. And then, you know, the other side of it is if there's guys on base, Goldschmidt has the capability of doing some damage. He isn't a high strikeout guy where I feel like O'Neal kind of is. Um, and so you can kind of attack O'Neal and have him get himself out sometimes. Whereas if Goldschmidt, if you don't and you walk Goldschmidt, well, now you're potentially looking at a situation where the bases are loaded for Arenado. And that's going to be like the crux of your team. Like if Arenado, Arenado, if he continues to hit like he is right now, hands down, he will be unanimous MVP. Probably yeah, should he's going to carry the team. He should probably win the AL MVP too yeah. if he hits like yeah. this. Like just give him MVP <laughs> for both leagues. Um, now he's hitting 438 with three home runs, six extra base hits, and nine RBIs already. Like, the dude's yeah. on pace for just a monster season if he kept this up all year. Um, it would be arguably, like, the best season in the history of baseball if he did this all year. And that would be very special to watch. Yeah. Hoping they will play the cut or the fucking Pirates and the Royals, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, certainly, and it certainly could, could be that. Um, but the other side of it is that like there have been guys on base. I mean, like he, he has nine RBIs and yes, he has the three home we're, runs, we're but so he's driven in six other guys. So like there he is he is batting with guys on base. Um, yeah, I mean, Carlton's got five hits, Edmund's got five hits, Bader's got three hits, DeYoung's got three hits at that, Goldschmidt's got three hits. I mean they've they're spreading out some hits in every, in every game, you know, five, six, seven hits. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, in, a, in a game, like, they're not stealing run, bases, you know. They, they are, yeah, but, they are not stealing bases. I mean, Carlson and Goldschmidt both have one, but yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, that was like how many, a double how many steal. More, yeah, how many more Goldschmidt <laughs> stolen bases are you going to yeah, see? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like a double Yachty steal that Carlson bases. took third yeah. and so Goldschmidt yeah. took second, and, like, they both kind the of The fact that Harrison Bader has been on base three times and has yet to steal a base, he needs to be stealing bases one out of every – three times he's on base yeah. at least yeah like now granted you're gonna be the granted fastest two, guy you know so, so maybe granted, two of, of his three hits are doubles so yeah. he's been putting himself we'll at second third, base yeah. steal third i i'm not saying don't but that is less successful than stealing second <laughs> <laughs> now if you're the fat hey, you want to be the fastest guy dude you still yeah, gotta okay. got take some bases but, um so extra base hits are good we'll cap yeah. that but um, but no, it, it has been a very strong showing. Um, Pujols kind of bailed out the Cardinals a little bit. Um, I was looking at this yesterday through their first, like through that opening series with Pittsburgh um, in terms of NLDHs, uh, the Cardinals had like the least productive like numbers from the DH role, regardless of like who it was that DH'd in a game. Like their, their DHs were pretty 
pretty piss poor and like we're even towards like the bottom of the league in general um because they had one hit or two hits combined i think no 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 one hit because pools got all three visits tonight um mm-hmm. so pools was like one for six and dickerson was one for eight um pools found that lefty tonight though yeah so so this was his first matchup against the lefty and he went three for three with the home run um, Maybe after this game, they'll actually hit Dickerson solely on right-handers and pools on left-handers. Maybe. Although, I mean, Dickerson's only that, you know, one hit too. But, like, obviously he crushes lefties. Cool. We proved it. Awesome. We're all on board with the uh, So I will also have the same thing, caveat. We were like, you know. I will also have the same caveat right. we've, we've put on everything else. The guy that's pitching tonight isn't even a guy I had heard of in the majors until he's because until he's and he's, out started, and he's, right? he had like seven or eight strikeouts tonight yeah. which is cardinals mo hey right. you bring up a brand new guy we're gonna strike out the whole entire game that's like a guaranteed way to get the cardinals oh we don't have tape on you we obviously just studied the fuck out of pitchers yeah well, and I forget oh, you, you bring up like, a guy we don't know about lynch something lynch. Yeah, D- daniel lynch yeah I, yeah I are you picking him up on your fantasy yeah, squad yet has anyone no. picked him up yet no I doubt it. So he pitched fifth. He made 15 starts last year for the Royals, uh, told 68 innings. Um, so what is that? Cause I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a low number. You picked up Elvis Andrus. Yeah. He's a leading point scorer among shortstops in that in baseball right now. And my shortstop has struck out 12 times this week. So yes. Yeah, so he averaged like four and a one half good innings. game. Okay, yeah, he had one good game today, ten and a half points, got it. Um yeah, but that means he put up seven points over the course of the other games. And that is more than my all of my shortstops have combined currently. <laughs> and I so I dropped yeah. I dropped Kyle Freeland for him. Yeah, I didn't oh, even know no. you had Kyle Freeland. Yeah, I picked him up as a free guy from putting Clevenger or Flaherty on the IL. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Hey, it's like, yeah. So I'm like, why do you even have fucking Kyle Freeland? You I got him for free. Kyle Freeland. Got no, I picked got him up it, for got free. It, got it. Makes so sense. now, now I'll have Andrews. And... No, I'm not so mad. Because I'm like, who the fuck did you drop for Elvis Andrews? Dude, you <laughs> yeah. had no picks after the 15th round. There's no way you're. Yeah, I dropped. I dropped Kyle Freeland. Another guy that was probably Ooh. never going to make a start on my team because my pitching staff, in theory, should be good. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. Pool, you know? That's just yeah. the end of the dollar pool. You know? Yeah, I'll yeah, win it. I'll win it back in the in the rumble or something. Yeah, I'll see that money again. I'll see that money yeah. again. But so anyway, so 68 innings over 15 starts. So it's like a little over four innings. So not great. Um, he did have like 55 K's in that a time frame. So fairly decent. Um, obviously not as high as what it was tonight, <clears throat> but he also gave up like 80 hits and had an ERA like 5.7. And went four and six for Kansas City. So I wasn't expecting much out of him. And I think that that's what showed. Um, so I I would argue the Cardinals have yet to face a major league caliber pitcher with the exception of Mitch Keller. Um, and that was the game we were at that Keller started. 
Um, and he was he was okay. And again, like I don't I don't even think Mitch Keller is, you know, anything spectacular. He's just he <clears throat> Mitch Keller would be a really solid number four on a good team. Um, and he's the Pirates ace, in my opinion. <laughs> so it just it sucks for him. But he would be really good at the back end of a rotation. So again, so not uh, not really. I mean, tomorrow they'd be Grinky Wainwright, but it's gonna get rained out. So. Yeah. So t- tomorrow I think will kind of be like the first challenge for the Cardinals offense. Oh. What? But they have looked really good up to this point. I think they're tied for the lead for runs scored in the National League, and it's like just Cleveland. I think when I was looking at it earlier, I'm loading up right now. Yeah, I think just yeah, Cleveland. just Cleveland that has more runs than them in the AL. Um, and Cleveland also beat up on Kansas city who the Cardinals are currently playing. Um, it's like Kansas city, I think has allowed more runs than any other team in baseball, including the pirates. Yeah. Dude, Tyler Rogers lands on the paternity list, dude. I didn't know that. You can't be doing that, dude. Yeah. So, so I think the first challenge will, I, I guess like will really be, um, this weekend. So what they have four with Milwaukee starting Thursday, um, and it's Milwaukee's opening series. Um, but I really haven't been overly impressed um, with them. Uh, with that being said, I think the Cubs have played much better, and their pitching has been insane. Because um, I think, like looking at it, I think they're leading the league, or like tied for the league lead in like runs against. Um. Yeah, so they're they're leading the National League, but they're tied with three teams in the AL. They've only allowed ten runs in their four games, um, and that's who Milwaukee opened the opened the season against. Um, yeah, I mean Milwaukee's Milwaukee. You know, maybe just not that good. They were you know playing competitive baseball against the Orioles in the last two nights. So. Um. Yeah, I, and I think that, like, Burns and I know Woodruff did not have a good outing. It's another one of my pitchers. <laughs> um, but I think Burns didn't have anything to write home about either. I'm trying to – I forget who picked him up. Yeah, he only – like, he got one and a half points. He went five innings, struck out four, walked three, gave up three runs and a home run. So he got, like, one and a half points in the fantasy realm. Um, and that was against, uh, the Cubs. So like the Cubs just kind of beat up on the top end of the pitching. Um, and I think, I don't know, did they play four games against Chicago or just three? I'm looking it up. Well, it's going to be like possible tornado tomorrow specs. There's definitely not going to be a game tomorrow. Uh, so they played three against the Cubs. They lost the first two, won the last game. They also had a game rained out Friday. Um, so it was supposed to be a four-game series, but their game got rained out. Um, and then they lost yesterday to Baltimore, and that was Baltimore's home opener. And then they won tonight in a game that they probably should have lost. So they definitely don't look very sharp. Um, I would agree. But I would say from expectations – that is the first team that the Cardinals are really going to play that I, I think could be a challenge. 
Should challenge him, yeah. And really, like, the Cardinals' schedule is pretty pretty favorable, in my opinion, through, like, May. Um, it's really not until you get, like, to the back end of May that it gets tough. I mean, they have the four against Milwaukee, but then it's, like, just the teams that they play. Miami, Cincinnati, the Mets, who could be tough. Um, Arizona, who's going to be dog shit. Then Kansas City again. Then they have San Francisco, who's going to be good. Um, then Baltimore, then San Francisco, then the Mets, then the Pirates. So it's some unknowns with the Mets. If the Mets end up being a really good team and they're healthy, I mean, having no DeGrom makes that team far less impressive, and I don't think Scherzer's 100%. If the Cardinals get DeGrom and Scherzer in both those series, then it feels much different than if they don't. Um, e. McGill and not even Taiwan Ty- Walker went like two innings. Yeah. Well, so, <clears throat> but, but the San Francisco will be tough. Um, but again, they have another series with the Pirates, another two game set with the Royals. They have Baltimore who have been playing tough games, just not winning. I think they lost Tampa Bay by one in two of their three and two of their three games. Um, but then as you get into like the back end of May, it's like Toronto comes to town, then Milwaukee, then San Diego, then the Cubs, then Tampa Bay. Um, you know, so it, it's like a two week stretch where they have some pretty good teams. And that Cubs series is um, a five game series. So that's like one of the double headers that they scheduled from yeah. Missing the opening week, so they have. It doesn't matter if the Cubs are good or not. That series, I mean, they just play. Yeah, and it's and it's, well. and and it's in Chicago. Just them and yeah, it's a. Those aren't gimme games, even if they look like they should be anyway. So right, and it's they'll have a day off on like May twenty fifth, but it's four against Milwaukee, three against San Diego, and then five against the Cubs in four days. So it's they they don't have a lot of days off, and they're. There's really no easy teams. Um, and even before that, like they have the two game series against Toronto before that day off. And then after their day off, they go to Tampa Bay, which that's not going to be an easy series at all. Um, <clears throat> so I, but that's looking big picture. Who knows? You know, Wainwright could get hurt and Arenado could go down and the Cardinals could look like a completely different team. Or, you know, we'll know more, but looking at April, so like the remaining two and a half weeks that are here, it's Milwaukee, Miami, Cincinnati, the Mets, and Arizona. So you have like one team that should be really good, one team that might be really good, and three teams that could, you know, that probably aren't going to make the playoffs, and one team that's probably going to lose 100 games in Arizona to be honest like they're they're not good they're not a good team i don't <laughs> think they got their first hit off of a starter until like the third game that they played so they're gonna be bad yes um but again i i think the for the cardinals the the big thing will be how long their offense can continue to do what they're doing 
because I have not been overly impressed with their pitching outside of Adam Wainwright. Like, and I, I don't even want to say that like I was impressed with what Wainwright did. He just did what he always does. He was very efficient, got through six innings. He had the six strikeouts, never really got himself into any trouble. And it was granted against, you know, one of the weaker teams in baseball, but he did what he was supposed to do. You know, like that's a game you're supposed to win. The offense did what they were supposed to do. You know, I like the Cardinals should never really struggle to hit JT Brubaker. So, and I don't even remember, I don't even remember who the, the third pitcher they faced was. I don't even remember who started for them for the Pirates on that Sunday. Sunday? Game. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. It I Oh no! Wait, that's the. Uh... Oh hello! Oh yeah, there they go. Nine to four. Da da da. da. It was a uh, Bry Wilson. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like they've been. I think they've been taking advantage of their bullpen. You know, you have the four starters that have gone so far but there have been 13 pitchers utilized. So, I mean, they've already used nine arms out of the bullpen um, for at least an inning for all of them. Um, and you're four games in. You got a little work. Yeah. yeah um, Cabrera, I think, gave up the home run. Or not the home run, but gave up the RBI double to Gallagher tonight. Uh, Gallegos looked fine. I, I I can't think of anything that he that you know that struggled at all, like in his first save opportunity. I maybe he walked a guy, but may, I don't think so. I think maybe he just like fell behind a couple of guys potentially. I was trying to pay attention to it, but I was watching the Yankees game at the same time. <clears throat> um, and the Blues were playing. It was a very busy day. I know I didn't. I ended up having to turn the blues game off. Like, the like streaming kept uh, lagging. I wasn't here anyway. So every time I came back, the game wasn't even on. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was their first game back at Boston Garden since Game Seven of the Stanley Cup. So. Yeah, we ended up winning. Yeah, four to two. Last time I saw, I was saying, last time I saw it was tied two to two. Yeah, we're losing two to one. I saw the time two to two. No, you saw that as three two because you're the one that made the comment about Tomer's pass to Vladdy. Oh, that was a three. That was a three to two. Okay, that was the last goal I saw then for sure. Yeah, I thought that was the two to two goal. Um, Uh, but yeah, no, that was a sick goal. By the way, I'm glad you saw it. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Track down a highlight for it. Yeah, worth. Yeah. So I'm. Again, I think the Cardinals are exactly where we expect them to be. Um, minus a game. If I if I had to pre- like predict where the Cardinals were following their first six games, um, I probably would have put them at like four and two, and it would have been taking three out of four from Pittsburgh and splitting with Kansas City. Um, would have been my expectation. Um I fully anticipate them winning tomorrow with Wainwright on the mound. Um, so the the one loss I would have anticipated would have been them losing the like a, a game to Pittsburgh with 
uh, Hicks starting, or sorry, the game to Kansas City with Hicks starting, um, and then Hudson or Matt's dropping a game to Pittsburgh because sweeping a team is just hard to do. So that would have been my expectation. And then Wayno and Grunky would normally be pitching tomorrow. Um, in the sixth game of the season. And I expect Wayno to win that. So four and one instead of four and two is, uh, I think it's reasonable. You know, no harm in that. Nope. Nope. Um, and I feel the same way about the Yankees. Like I'm, I'm happy with where they're at. I think that they're on the complete opposite spectrum. Um, they started with a three game, like started at home as well, but it was a three game series against the, uh, the Red Sox to open the season and then a four game series with Toronto following that. Um, I forget who they were supposed to open against. I'm trying to see if I can find their main Oh, what the schedule was before? Yeah. Or the main games, yeah. Um, so I know it was Houston. Yeah, because uh, so... Yeah, so it's the All-Star game, and then they were supposed to have Wednesday and Thursday off, and then start in Baltimore that weekend, but they have a doubleheader on Thursday at Houston um, following the All-Star game. So I'm like, oh, well, that's that's lame. Um, So I know Houston was one of those series, but I think that was the second series that got canceled. I think they were supposed to play like the beginning of April. Who was it? How do I not see like other? I guess maybe they just had like games added to the calendar, maybe. I don't know. I thought it was like. Thought it was Baltimore. Maybe it wasn't Baltimore. Dodgers games on a weather delay. Oh, really? That's lame. Never eat again. Yeah. And like, they went into a weather delay in the 8th. Oh, cool. So let's call it before Freeman gets the bat again. And, you know, you're not in line for a save anyway. So. Yeah, that I am not. <laughs> His loss kicked in. My loss hasn't kicked in yet, though. Um, but with everything else that's come in, I'll only be a point back. For what, so whatever, burner. Else, whatever else has happened, I'll only be down by a point. <laughs> um, but no, I. So I would say, I wouldn't. I would have anticipated, like looking at like the Cardinals run scored and runs against that that would have been more aligned. Well, I guess the runs scored or or the runs against are kind of similar. But the Yankees have only scored 17 runs. And there aren't really like any teams, you know, like blown away. Like I know Tampa Bay has played Baltimore. 
New York and Boston played each other. Now New York's playing Toronto. Um, so a lot of games in division, but they've been relatively low scoring for a division that I think is stacked with offenses that are pretty impressive. Like even Baltimore, I think, can have a very dangerous offense. Um, but it just hasn't really equated to that. I mean, like there's only been seven runs total scored in the two games between Toronto and New York so far. Um, well, I saw a stat. Oh, you guys, uh, it was uh, Alex Manaya or yeah. Mo, Manoa. Manoa. Yeah. Um, there was only, there's only been a couple games that like the Yankees score, like not a lot of points or something, but he's like pitched two of them. Um, as far as like hits for like versus Toronto, I have to find it again. I meant to send it to you, but, um. Yeah, I mean, just good pitching, at least on their side. You know, I I know you were. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cole had marking some of the Yankees. Well, Cole uh, had the bad through the lineup. Yeah, Cole had the bad start, like first couple innings. I want to say, um, was pretty rough. Hopefully, he bounces back tomorrow. Um, Nestor Cortez looked great tonight. I mean, when I think four and a third or four and two thirds and only allowed five hits to the blue Jays who I think have one of the best offenses in baseball. Um, and gave up no runs. So I thought that that was good. Uh, Montgomery gave up just the one home run to Springer. Um, and then the other run I think came off of the bullpen. Uh, but the bullpen innings have been insane. Like there was a stretch where like they had went like 13 innings and it only allowed like three hits. And that was like in the Boston series. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been very gritty. Like in the offense has just battled. Um, they've kind of lived and died by the home run ball early on. So I'm not too much of a fan of that. I would like them to manufacture more runs. I think they're stranding a lot of base runners. Um, part of that is just balls not dropping in. I know we talked about that throughout the week, and that was like the big thing that happened in the Sunday night game, that the Yankees had so many hard hit balls that were just right at guys. Um, I think you sent me the like an article the next day, even when I was talking about it, that yeah. uh, for like Joey Gallo's hit, like it's exit velocity, like there's like 131 or 133 balls like between like in 2021 or something like that, that had that launch angle and that exit velocity. Like only one of them resulted in an like, or since 2021, there's like 133 or whatever, but ultimately only one of those batted balls had resulted in an out and it was Joey Gallows. <laughs> that one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and there were a couple guys like hard hit ground balls that were right at guys, um, you know, line drives that were right at guys. Boston made some good plays. Um, there was a couple plays tonight from Toronto that were were pretty top notch defensively. Toronto's got a fucking great team. What do you yeah, and like I can't and I can't be mad about that. Um, and that's why, like, so for me, like, um, like we were saying, like for the Cardinals, four and two, or you know, in this case, four and one. Even if they come out of this three and two, and you're like, all right, there was the rain out. Odds are the Cardinals could take that game. So four and two, we'll live with it. We'll get that win back. Um, but if they finish four and two through their first six games, I think you're very happy with that. Um, and then you go into a situation where you're like, okay, if we can take 
three out of four in Milwaukee or even split a four-game series on the road against the team that you expect to compete for in the division, I can live with that. So I, I think any realistic Cardinals fan coming out six and four um, from their first ten games is extremely acceptable. Um, and I think with the Yankees, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, they had three against Boston, four against Toronto, and then they go to Baltimore for three games. So their first 10 games are all interdivision games. And if they come out of that six and four, I will be very happy, you know, and that would be winning two out of three against Boston, taking two out of three from Baltimore and splitting the four games with Toronto. Um, Splitting at home isn't ideally what you want to do, but I feel like the Blue Jays offense is, a little more dangerous than the Yankees offenses. I feel like the Yankees offense, you just have to kind of avoid the long ball. Um, Depending on the makeup of the lineup on a given day. Um, Like, I like LeMahieu obviously isn't as much of a home run threat. Um, It's say like a Rizzo, if he's in at, at first. Or, you know, like LeMahieu yesterday was at third and Donaldson sat. Um, Gallo was out of the lineup tonight with Judge playing uh, center and Hicks playing left and they had Stanton and right. So it it just, the the makeup of the lineup changes. Um, I think a big part of that was with uh, there being a lefty on the mound. Um, That's why Gallo sat. Can't have him striking out anymore, you know. <laughs> uh, he actually hasn't struck out like an astronomical amount of times. Uh, five times, five times. Yeah, I mean, thirteen I, at bat. Yeah, times? I. So for me, like, I stand not leading the team though. I mean, <laughs> like, oh, I was Hicks, saying not leading the team. Yeah, Hicks has five strikeouts. Judge has struck out five times. So, like, that, I didn't that's see, I didn't even see John Carlo. I saw Josh Donaldson. I didn't see. Yeah. Him. Um, Kiner Falefa has four strikeouts, but like yeah. LeMay, who has three, Rizzo has three, Higgy has three, Torres has three. Like the Yankees just strike out a bunch. Um, and yep. that's what worries me about their offense is that they, they aren't reliable enough for having productive outs. Um, there are plenty of times that like they'll, they will get a runner, like a leadoff double. And that guy may only make it to third. You know, um, or the the percentage chance of them scoring that guy on a home run is far higher than probably most other teams. Um, so they they just strike out, and that is the easiest way to like end a rally. You know, like they're they're not gonna very rarely will they have four or five guys string together hits in an inning because um, that it's just not the lineup that they have. Now, the advantage is that they have Judge and Stanton and Donaldson and Rizzo and Gallo and Hicks and LeMahieu and Torres and these guys that all can hit the long ball and they all, any one of them can beat you on any given day. Um, and that's great. But again, like, I think a big part of why they're, why they're in the position that they're in is because they've allowed 14 runs and five games, you know, it's like when they're averaging less than three runs allowed 
and one of those runs was a ghost runner starting on second against Boston. So really it's 13 runs in my opinion in five games oh. like that. If the Yankees continue to do that, like if any team is allowing less than three runs a game, they should win a lot. Yeah. Um, so I just don't, I don't anticipate that being the case, which I mean, but they're, What's Bates' real name again? Is he still on the team? Um, Steven Ridings. Um, I don't think he's on the major league roster, but I think he's still on the in the club in the, or- like, in in the, the organization. Or- yeah. <laughs> Probably with Scranton would be my guess. Having been up at the majors last year, I guess it's it's possible that they might have had him start out in Somerset, but. <clears throat> But no, it's just uh, the Yankees are in a very interesting place. Um, I think that they're capable of doing very well this year. Um, I also could see it just be at a point that they, you know, put up, you know, 90 wins and maybe miss out on a playoff spot because of their division. Um, I think we found that it's the three division winners and then the three next best teams, right? Because they went to mm-hmm. the 12-team playoff format. Um, so in, in theory, they should be able to get there. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, you're, you know, you're going to have two team, two other teams from your division that you're competing with. Um, I think that Houston will hands down walk away with the West. Um, I think the White Sox will walk away with the Central. Um, and I, so I don't know that there's any other teams. Like I'm not not worried about Baltimore. Like they're they're better, but I don't think they're at that caliber yet. Um, same Texas. I like I just I think that they need deeper pitching. Um, Oakland is kind of selling the farm, so yeah, I don't expect them to compete. Um, there's also already talk of uh, Montas being traded as well, so they'll just be, and obviously they'll they'll still have guys there, so you got to worry about it. But um, what I'd really like is maybe like the Yankees to, to go back and like try to get James Caprillion back. That's that was like the big prospect piece they traded for Sonny Gray, and that oh god. Um. Yeah, so so maybe like the Angels, maybe Detroit. You know, like those those are the teams that I could see like maybe Seattle. It's like those three teams potentially compete for like the the third wild card spot. Um but other than that, like I just I don't I don't think you know, if Cleveland continues to, you know, score runs the, at the route that they are where they're averaging almost eight runs a game. Yeah. But even with them averaging eight runs a game, like they're three and two. So I just, I don't know. I feel like it'll be very hard for the Yankees to miss the playoffs if they stay healthy. Um, 
Yeah, like it, it's just mm-hmm. the opposite, where it's like we were talking about Arenado and Edmund and Carlson, like all hitting, you know, 350-plus. Um, they have the eight home runs as a team from, I think, five or six different guys. You know, the Yankees have six home runs as a team from four different players. Um, they have, what, let's see, um, one guy batting over 300. That's an everyday player. Two, if you count Jose Trevino, who has three at-bats. He's one for three. Uh, but Hicks hitting 308 is the only one. Um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that, you know, Glaber Torres was going to be hitting 280, I'd be like, oh, man, our offense is tearing it up. Like, killing it. <laughs> but they're he, they're not. Um, Judge and Rizzo and Stanton are all hitting 250. Um, Stanton, I'm completely fine with Stanton batting 250. You know? Yeah. Um, even Rizzo. Like, I'm fine with Rizzo batting 250. Um, Rizzo's going to draw a lot more walks, so his on-base percentage will be much higher than Stanton's. But if Stanton's hitting home runs, like if like he has two home runs, six strikeouts, and 20 at-bats. If Stanton hits a home run every 10 at-bats, I will be completely content with that. That's probably 40 home runs, 50 home runs on the year. You know, let's see what he... He's averaging four a game right now. So let's say he plays 140. So times four. So, yeah, it'd be 560 at-bats if he plays 140 games and averages four at-bats. So if he hits a home run every 10 at-bats, that'd be 56 home runs. I would be completely content with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even if it's 46 home runs, I would be fine with that. Um, So he can even slow it down. If he gets close to 40 home runs and hits 250, I can live with the strikeouts. Um, to me, it, it like my big concern is like Judge getting off to a little slower start, um, the power not really being there, so I feel like maybe he's pressing too hard, and his strikeouts are a little higher than I think they typically are. I don't know. I mean, it's not that he's not a strikeout guy. I think he should have just signed that $30 million contract. Yeah, so I feel like yeah. maybe, he maybe he's just – yeah, I feel like maybe he's just pressing a little bit. Like he's trying to show, like, look, I'm 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 worth Mike Trout money. I can that that's my concern right now. It's also it's been five fucking games, so I'm not I'm not ready to yeah. like jump off a bridge or anything like that. But it it is just me speaking to what I feel like I have seen is that he's pressing a little bit. Um but yeah, pitching wise, starters not the greatest. Um, yeah, they, they've been fine. Uh, Tyon went five innings. Uh, Cortez went four and a third. Cole went four. Uh, Montgomery only went three and a third. And then who else was, oh, Severino went three. Um, Severino was on like a limited pitch count, but even still, like he, I think gave up the home run. Cole gave up a home run. Tyon gave up a home run. Um, Montgomery gave up a home run. So that's been the big issue. But they're also facing Boston and Toronto, and those teams are going to hit a bunch of home runs. So I don't know that I'm concerned about it. But at the same time, like I think Tyon's home run was a two-run home run. I know Cole gave up a two-run home run. Like Tyon only gave up two runs. Cole gave up three. Montgomery gave up three. 
Um, or actually, Montgomery didn't give up home run. He hit a batter. I was looking at the wrong column. Um, and then Severino, I think his was a two-run home run. So both runs that him and Tyon gave up were on a home run, and two of the three that Cole gave up were on a home run. Um, and they were all early in their starts. So it was like, all right, like, are we just shaking things off? Like, what's happening? Um, but you've already gotten, like, uh, Jonathan Weisga has pitched three and a third scoreless. Chapman's already got three innings under his belt. Uh, Clark Schmidt, two and two thirds. He's only given up one hit. It was just a home run that cost them the game Sunday to Boston. Um, Chad Green's pitched two innings, only given up one hit. Lucas Lutke, two innings, hasn't given up any hits. Wani Peralta, one and two thirds, no hits. Um, so it's like the like Miguel Castro's pitched two innings. He has he's given up. Uh, no hits. He's walked two guys though. So just the bullpen has been very solid. Uh, Clay Holmes has already had a decent amount of innings pitched. Michael King's had a decent amount of innings pitched. And you were over here complaining about the Cardinals' bullpen inning pitched over here. Oh, no, no, no. I <clears throat> I was just saying that they've used a lot of guys, as of the Yankees. And I didn't mean it as a bad thing, so it sounded like it was a complaint. It, it just it, – they are utilizing a lot of arms. Um, I How the Yankees have – they've had five starters go now, and they've had 15 pitchers go. So, like, they've already used 10 guys out of the bullpen. Um, so clearly they're making roster moves or really like the, the extra, the two extra spots are pitchers. So if they're carrying 15 pitchers at the moment, which would make sense to me, they have literally utilized all of them in multiple games with the exception of the starters. The starters have all made one start and everyone else except Clark Schmidt has pitched in multiple games. Um, yeah, so Clark Schmidt's the only reliever on the roster that has only appeared in one game. So they're just pass around, and it and everyone has pitched effectively, and everyone has pitched well, and I think the same thing has been the case for the Cardinals um, I, until tonight. But I feel like against Pittsburgh, like no one let up any runs in the first game. Um, pretty much all of the damage. Are, yeah, both runs that Pittsburgh scored in, in the game we were at were both to Michaelis. Um, Matt's got lit up for seven of the nine runs in the third game against Pittsburgh. And then, I what I guess, did Hicks give up a run or did Hudson let up the fourth run? I don't remember. I think so Hudson... Someone gave I up a home Hudson's run to, per, to Perez. It was the second solo shot to Perez that made it 6-4. to four. I forget. Hudson only gave up three home runs. Yeah. He so gave Hudson up three home runs three. or gave up two? No, sorry. Sorry. Hudson only gave up three earned runs. Okay. So it might he have been Hicks. two homers. Yeah. So it might have been Hicks that gave up the other home run, or it might have been whoever came in after it. So I think Hicks pitched two innings. I think Hudson pitched, what, four or three? Uh, three. Three. So yeah. So four, it might have been four, whoever four. pitched like the no, sixth. Yeah. Okay. So you pitched four. So yeah, so I yeah. think I think Whitgren pitched the seventh, and that might have been who gave up the home run to Perez. Um, and then 
um, Cabrera pitched the eighth and he gave up a run and the guy goes was fine in the ninth. Um, so other, other than tonight, it has been pretty smooth sailing, um, for the Cardinals bullpen with the arms that they have used, which I think is what we expected. It was just how much are, how much are they going to have to eat because of the limited starting options that, that the Cardinals have. And so to me, that's the, that's the difference is that the, the Cardinals are where they are in four games and they've used their quote unquote fist starter out of the bullpen. Um, and then they, I just, they seem hesitant to want to go to their younger arms. Um, and I think that that's why you see Hicks in the position that he is. So it just, that, that to me is the, the concern there is like the Cardinals just aren't very deep in starting pitching. Um, or at least I feel like they think they aren't, which is weird. Cause I feel like that's all they talked about in the past. Well, then they have to call up what Libertor one that we saw last year. I mean, uh, Woodford, you're going to give Woodford a bunch more starts. Like well, he's there's already some, up. there's some, there's some relievers. I am a for starters. There's some relievers that they, that the Cardinals are like uh, perfect example, Jordan Hicks. They're like, well, Jordan Hicks is a starter. Yeah. No, and not. I think that that's what they no. do. That fucks with. They people. just, they just like are calling everyone starters, but like sometimes you have to pitch in relief. Like it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. Like they, they got something weird going on with their, whatever they're calling. And, and I get yeah, like, I, I will say that like they, you know, it's been, you know, for what is, I think it's like the month of April that they have the 28 man roster. So it could very well be that like, that's like a, a Jake Woodford is you know number 27 or number 28. So he's only pitched in the one game and he went three innings and it could be that that's his purpose. Like, Hey, if we get a short outing somewhere, we're going to bring you in to pitch multiple innings in relief. Um, you know, if Hicks has a short outing, we don't want to ramp up his pitch count too quickly. So we're going to utilize you and you're a guy that we don't have to go to because we're planning on operating with 26 players. So this is just going to be an, an option that's available to us for this first month. This is what we're going to do. Um, and it might be something like that. Um, I don't know much about like this Aaron Brooks guy. I think that's who came in. Um, so, and it looks like maybe Cabrera was the one that gave up the home run. Cause he's the only other pitcher that has a home run allowed other than Hudson and Matt's. So it looks like Cabrera was who gave up the home run to, um, to Perez. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, so where it's like you have like Helsley has two appearances, two and a third innings pitched. Um, yeah, I think that's more of your typical reliever. McFarlane, one appearance, one inning. Whitley, one appearance, one and one third. Um, yeah, so like those are the guys you're like, all right, these are our bullpen arms. Woodford might just be up for this extended period of time. And they're like, all right, we're going to utilize you in these situations. And then we'll send you back down to Memphis and you're going to continue to start. 
Um, so, so I guess we'll obviously we'll have to wait and see uh, what the roster looks like whenever they get to 26 guys. I just feel like it puts them in this really weird spot, like with what they're like you said, with like what they're doing with Hicks, what they did with Reyes. Like he's a starter, no, he's a reliever, no, he's a starter. Like I, I have to think that part of that has to deal with like has to play a part. He's Shohei Otani. Like, he can do anything. Yeah, like, it just, it, I feel like it has to play a part in these guys having all the arm issues, all the arm injuries that they do. Um, Because, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the last pitcher that's come up, like, through the Cardinals farm system that didn't have a significant arm injury shortly into his career at the majors. You know, Hudson just had Tommy John. Flaherty's dealing with all kinds of issues last year and this year so far. Fuck even Michaelis <laughs> dealt with issues since coming to the Cardinals. Wayno had, what, one or two Tommy John surgeries? You know, they just need to do more yoga, dude. They need to go yeah. on the Yankee training, stretching regimen. Yeah, maybe. Our And our pitchers, like, they... We have a limited number of Tommy John surgeries. Not that they don't have injuries, but they usually aren't Tommy John. So I don't know. Either way, I I think both of our teams are kind of where we expect them to be. Uh, and the win-loss column, I think how we anticipated them getting there isn't necessarily accurate. I think we expected the offense to be a little bit more down-to-earth for the Cardinals but pitching to be a little better than what it has been. And then I think for the Yankees, we expected the pitching to be a little worse than it has been, but the offense to be a little better than it has been. Um, yeah. Equates to the same wins and losses at this point, which really that's all that matters, I guess. You know, it's like the same stuff that we talk about in fantasy, like my silver lining that, you know, yes, I may currently be 15th in points scored out of 16 teams. Um, but I am technically in the lead right now. I mean, I have a loss that's going to come in eventually once San Francisco wins this game, and then I will be down by a point. So I will be in last place, but I will be in last place one point behind in my matchup. Whereas, like, you could look at other guys like, you know, shit, the guy you're playing, Timmy, who has 60, 70 points more than me, and he's behind you by 33. <laughs> so, yeah. I would much rather be in my place than in his. Like, we're both losing our games, but I'm only down by one. And at the end of the year, like, yes, points, <laughs> four, points four is a tiebreaker, but if I'm 1-0 scoring 120 points and he's 0-1 scoring 170, I'm in front of him in the standings, so there is no tiebreaker. That's fair. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about tiebreakers week one. I'm worried about Ws. Um, so I'll, I will take the position that I am in, but it has been severely disappointing i i will say at least my offensive performance today i have almost everybody in the in the positive on the week now so that's 
So plus it's just Jesus Aguilar that's still playing for the other team. Um, but it's it's fine. He also has a player playing for me, um, and they're about the same negative, so it, it has worked out. Um, the looks like it's been my pitching has been just on unfathomably bad. Mm. Yeah, it's words really can't describe like. Like everyone, everyone it's in the just, league talked yeah. about how good my rotation was after the draft. Everyone. And the the line, like even like my, my closers, like my relief pitchers, because Drinan's not a closer. But all right, so Ian Anderson, Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, Hugh Darvish, Brandon Woodruff, Scott Barlow, Blake Trinan. Those are pretty those are solid a solid seven pitchers for sure. My line on the week at this point, I'm just going to assume that Darvish gets a loss here in this number. So 32 and a third innings pitched. That is in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts. So seven starts and a couple relief appearances, 32 and a third innings pitched. They have allowed 30 hits, 18 walks, struck out 27 guys. They've allowed 30 earned runs. I have one win which is a relief win, not even one of my starters. I will have five, our four losses on the week, five hit batters, one hold, three home runs allowed, one quality start. So seven starts from Anderson, Beaver, Cole, Darvish, and Woodruff combined. They are 0-2, or they will be 0-3, because one of my losses is Blake Trinan. So seven starts, they will be 0-3, with one quality start among them. That is insane to me. I never could have, I never would have guessed that that's where it was at. And it's not even like they're going five innings and they just aren't getting the quality start and they're getting no decisions. Like Ian Anderson got me negative 10 points. Like his line in his first start against Cincinnati, I think two and two thirds. Five walks, five earned runs, one strikeout, took the loss. Negative 10.33. Uh, Brandon Woodruff against the Cubs. Um, three and two-thirds innings pitched, three walks, seven earned runs, two hit batters, struck out two, took the loss. Negative nine and a third. 9.33. Um, Darvish, he's made two starts for me. He will have gone seven and two-thirds innings. Six walks, nine earned runs, one hit batter, one home run allowed, five strikeouts, one quality start, one loss. So he's he is going to be negative four point three three on the week after two starts. His first start was basically made in you know irrelevant because San Diego blew a two run lead in the ninth to blow his win. That. It's like my only quality start was my pitcher throwing a no-hitter for six innings. That's the only quality start I've gotten on the year so far. (laughs) It's insane to me. Um, But again, like I said, like the other side of it, like playing my cousin, his, his pitching hasn't been any better. I mean, he's got five less innings pitched than I do. He's given up seven more hits. He's walked four less, struck out 10 more, given up 10 less runs, but he has no wins at all. He has four losses. 
He has one save, one blown save, four hit batters to nine five. You know, um, Giolito's hurt. Yeah, he, he Jordan Montgomery. He has a wild pitch. I Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery may or may not miss a start, so he only got one start out of Giolito. That was supposed to be a double start week, and then Giolito went on the IL um, because of a uh, abdomen issue. Montgomery was dealing with swelling in his knee. I think he's expected to make his next start this weekend um, against Baltimore. Uh, but it's possible that he doesn't. I They'll wait and see. Um, Corbin was triple started, just like Darvish was. But uh, Corbin's, you know, at this point, Corbin went like, negated like basically zero points and then he got a half point in his first start went negative seven tonight because he got lit up by atlanta um but his last start is against pittsburgh on sunday pretty sure yeah and then so then he's still got eovaldi to go against detroit that's tomorrow and then flexen going against houston on saturday against verlander and montgomery would pitch friday so that's why I think like if if Montgomery isn't going to go on the IL, he will at least pitch at some point over the weekend um, against Baltimore. So four starts left apiece. I would argue that I have, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to say I have four starts left. Maybe I only have three. They might like skip Darvish or push Darvish back start or something because um, he just didn't look right tonight so it wouldn't surprise me if it comes out like there's something going on with him so i may only also have three starts left he might also only have three starts left but to me the biggest difference is one of our offenses is starting to hit um and one of our offenses starting to cool off as as weird as that may seem um it's like for today example for so on the week his team's 33 for 169 my team's 36 for 166 but his team's 2 for 29 today my team went 10 for 31 so if my team continues to hit 330 you know 300 333 on you know each day then that'd be great like other than like Aguilar didn't play he sat and Stanton went over 3 with a sack fly but other than that everybody in my lineup got a hit um i think Almost everybody had an extra base hit as well. Like my team has seven doubles on the week. Five of them were today. Um, I think like his really only big offensive output is really like Verdugo and Alonzo. And Alonzo is because he hit the grand slam. And I think Verdugo hit two home runs against the Yankees. No, just one. Um, So like Verdugo against against Detroit tonight went 0 for 4 with an error. Um, Here you go. You Darvish, last three start against the Giants, Mags. You should have had this info. 11 innings pitch, 17 hits, 21 earned runs, 8 walks, 12 strikeouts. So so I probably should have not started not. him. Yeah, the <laughs> well, Giants just have well, Darvish's number. To be fair, I was banking on him having a really good start against Arizona, which, again, if Arizona or if San Diego's bullpen wouldn't have blown that lead, he would be at another six points. Um, so it would put him like he would be like that start and the San Francisco start would kind of negate 
And so that would have left me. Yeah. So that would have left me with one start against Atlanta or my other option being John means as a double start and John means double start would have been at Baltimore or would have been against Tampa Bay and against New York, I think, or no, that's Milwaukee. He pitches tomorrow. So it would have been against Tampa Bay and then against Milwaukee and Milwaukee has Corbin Burns going. So facing Milwaukee's best pitcher and Tampa Bay and their, and their offense. Um, so I probably still would have taken Darvish week one um, just because I didn't really know what means would come back with or what Baltimore would look like. Um, but I want to say, I think like I've already looked at making some changes. Um, I think I got means in the lineup next week over Darvish already. Yeah. Cause Darvish is single started against the Dodgers means is double started at Oakland and at the angels. Um, and then I am really scared. So I have Tyler, uh, McGill that I could put in, but I, like, I'm obviously not going to, I'm not going to sit Cole and I feel like I'm not, like I shouldn't sit Bieber. Um, although I really want to, cause he's facing the white Sox and the Yankees next week. Uh, you but really, guys to go against your guys, yeah. but, but yeah, so, so that, that's kind of where it's at is that I would rather Bieber get lit up by the Yankees and be in my lineup than him be on my bench and shut down the Yankees. And then I don't get anything for it. Um, and then Woodruff's only start is the pirates. So I feel like I'm not going to sit him. So really it's, if I want Anderson who's facing Miami or McGill, who's double started and he faces Arizona, but he also faces San Francisco and his San Francisco start is against Alex Cobb, which is who started tonight against Darvish and look what happened to my pitcher. So I'm a little <laughs> gun shy at the moment. Um, I feel like McGill will have one more start coming up. I think maybe he pitches tomorrow. I think. Because uh, I was really impressed with his outing against the Nationals. And I forget who they're playing right now. Philly. Um, yeah, I think he's slated to pitch tomorrow. So I feel like I'll take the information from tomorrow and make the decision on whether it'll be Ian Anderson, mainly because not because I think Miami's great, but Ian Anderson kind of looked like poop in his first start. Um, so he has one more start, but I think it's against uh, yeah, it's against San Diego, so that could be a rough one. Um, but if he looks bad there. And McGill looks good because the his, his one start against Miami, it's uh, Trevor Rogers that he's facing. So it's like their best pitcher, or or one of their better pitchers, I guess. Alcantara is probably their best pitcher, but so that'll be like where the where the decision lies. But then offensive means like. I obviously I'm not gonna pull away from like Real Muto, Freeman, or India. 
Uh, Chapman's yeah. starting to turn it around. Um, Hernandez, Merrifield, Stan, they're all doing fine. So really it's like, do I want to roll with Aguilar as my DH or do I want to give a shot to one of the other guys that are doing decently okay? Um, I'm obviously sitting Swanson and I didn't want to put Mondesi in over. Yeah, I feel like you're going to sit Andrews. Swanson and he's going to rank it up next week. Maybe. He might. But I do know that Andrews just plays at home against Baltimore and Texas and Swanson plays Miami and at the Dodgers. So I like Andrews matchups better anyway. Um, but really it's the DH spot. So Aguilar, I could sit and could play anyone. And it's like, all right, he's got St. Louis and Atlanta or Bellinger's like Atlanta and San Diego. Um, or I could look at going with like Austin Hayes who is at Oakland and at the angels, but he's also like negative on the week. So like Bellinger hadn't really been doing anything until tonight. And even tonight, his like the saving grace he had is I think he stole two bases. So it's like, if he's going to run, if, if, if Cody Bellinger is going to be a base dealer now, then sure. Cause he's over three with a walk and three strikeouts but he stole two bases, so he got five points. <laughs> so I'm like, is that r- really any better? So I'll probably just ride with what I have. Like I said, Swanson, the the big setback for me is just the 12 strikeouts on the week. It's a lot of strikeouts. Is why I'm why I'm saying him. Point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah Chapman, he, um, Chapman's at eight strikeouts, so it's not he's not far off from. You know. Just can't you know. But yeah, I, I don't have the ability you to sit your whole lineup. Yeah. Because um, the other side of that, like, yeah, I could put Mondesi in, but then I would have two guys for the Royals in my lineup, which I'm not not a huge fan of because I don't think that lineup is yeah. that great. And he's also yeah. struck out six times. So it's not like he's doing fantastic with putting the ball in play either. Um so really, it, it's just the double-digit strikeouts from Swanson. But like you said, at least he's a half a point positive. Well, now he's week so now far. he's three points positive. There you go. You know, he no. he went two for six. It's like I can live with a strikeout, two strikeouts in a game, if he's gonna you know single and double drive in some runs, score a run like. I can live with that. Like I don't, I don't care how you get negative, but I just feel like if you if you've struck out twelve times in five games, like you're you're not seeing the ball that great. Like we were talking about, you know, high strikeout totals, you know, on the Yankees, and they were at six. And that Swanson's got that doubled. So I was like, all right, like you figure out what's going on, man. Like maybe. Maybe not having Freeman there or something like he's trying to hit more home runs. I don't know. Yeah. I have uh, 35 strikeouts on the week, but eight of those have come to, to from today. So not a good look today. A lot of strikeouts and actually a lot of strikeouts yesterday too. Like I think yesterday my whole team struck out at least once. So. Yeah, and you've but. just had like. 
because like you, you have also had starts. You haven't had starts that have gone as poorly as like what I have. You haven't had any like big, large negative amounts. Like yeah, Mize did go negative, um, in his start. Uh, Savali like basically was negligible in his first start. Um, yeah. and Hudson didn't really look too great today. Just two points, but it's <sighs> been Gibson and Wainwright that have made it okay. Yeah, you know, like when yeah, you're, yeah, like when you're at what, forty-eight and a half. So call it fifty. And you're, so you're right around like forty-nine points from your starters. So it's like ten points a guy. You can you can live with that. And they also have a start left. So yeah. if you're getting ten points a start from your pitchers, like that's doable. Like you can you can live with that. Um, and then your relief pitchers are fine. You know, you haven't had any big blowups. I mean, I also haven't had, I think Trinan had the one loss that he took, but it was like on giving up a home run. Yeah. Tyler Rogers blew a save yesterday or not a save, um, but took the loss yesterday. Um, but other than that, yeah, my other pitchers haven't. I mean, Ryan Presley's two saves on the year, like two strikeouts or something like that. And, you know, I don't. Dylan Florio, the other guy I have to like close games would be for Miami, but he's not going to be out. And then you know, Pierce. I struggled with who should I start, Tyler, Tyler Rogers or Pierce Johnson this week. Um, I, you know, Pierce Johnson has more points, but it's just sometimes how the week goes. Um, so I'm still I'm still concerned with my second relief pitcher spot, but really like as long as I have one, as long as Ryan Presley continues to just do what Ryan Presley should do, like the other I'll live with like whatever production I get. I'm not gonna be like trying to make wholesale moves to like sure up this second relief pitcher spot. Like it's hard to have two closers on your team. Like it's just I got lucky last year in doing it, but I had a bunch of high draft picks, so and it's just not wasn't the case this year, so yeah, and I I thought that I would be sitting pretty good, and then the Dodgers went and traded for Kimbrel. That mm. really that really fucked me. Yeah, and I'd like to not sit at two guys that are like I'd like to not sit at three relief pitchers. You know, like I only have one backup starter right now, and it's like a a number of five. Like I that's probably really my area. Like my starting pitching is cool. It did good. But like, if I have an injury or anything happens, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not deep, and I don't have very much um, backup. So I'm going to be either searching the waiver wire or uh, looking at early trades if anything were to happen. But definitely happy with at least the Gibson and Wainwright production. Right, um, and, early and really, I mean that that can carry you a long way. I mean, because you just like you said, like you just have the one backup starter right now, and Oscar Anoa. And he didn't look great. He had an outing right. like my team had. Um, and that's what I'm hoping that Darvish can turn around. Like at least San Diego can maybe get him a lead. That's who Darvish faces on Sunday. Um, so maybe he can get this poop start out of his system. You know, whatever. Yeah, and then the only really disappointing, like the, I mean, Trent Grisham and Charlie Blackman are about my only like two offensive complaints as of this point in time. And Charlie Blackman's like a career 300 hitter. Um, and he's just, you know, not feeling it right now in Colorado. I'm sure he'll pick it back up. Um, 
and then Trent Grisham, I do have concerns because that team is winning games and scoring runs, and he's not doing any of that. So, um, not you know, not the end of the world because it's first week, but those are just the two not bright spots. Um, but super excited, obviously, my keepers um, are killing it. So, always happy and to see that. What uh, I'm taking a look. So I guess what is really just Fraley is your only outfield option. Um, well, and I, so I dropped Fraley. So now it's, uh, Stephen Kwan. Gotcha. Is my other outfield option. And next week I'm going to actually play farmer at, um, at the DH spot instead of Blackman. Um, and then I don't know if I'll play Grishman, maybe I'll play Blackman, but I'm definitely going to move farmer up into the DH spot. And is Kwan an outfielder? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, He's a uh, uh, for the Cleveland Indians, Guardians. But yeah, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, his his story so far this season it's been relatively impressive. He uh, it reminds me a lot of like the Yerman Mercedes of last year with the White Sox. Um, yeah, but you know Mercedes it was more home runs and Quan it's this. Um. What like uh, it's been five games and he has yet to swing and miss. Yeah. Um, and has reached base like reached base like fifteen times or whatever. Um. So yeah, so I I think it is very impressive. I also think that it's just a matter of time before people start to figure out kind of how to pitch to him. Pitch him. Yeah. Um. You know, not that uh, not that oh he'll just get shut down. But maybe come back to reality a little bit. He's not going to be hitting fucking yeah. four or five hundred forever, right? Um, and I just don't think that there there isn't much around him. Like it's really just Jose Ramirez, really. I think on the team. Um, so I find it like even more impressive that they're you know doing what they are. Because uh, I think that they're leading the league like pretty handily and run, and run yeah. scored. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that came, I want to say like in one game, didn't it? I think they put up like a pretty big number um, on Kansas City. I'm I'm pulling up their their results right now. It was like 14 runs, 13 runs. Um. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess it's been three games, but yeah. So their last three games. Um, so how are you gonna day, say they, they lost... only have Jose Ramirez? Dude, they got they got Oscar Mercado, Ahmed Rosario, and Fermil Reyes. Yeah, like I said, just Jose Ramirez and Miles and Miles Stahl, dude. Yeah. Know what it is? Yeah, just you know what it is. Yeah, so they they put up basically no runs in their first two games, and then they scored seventeen, ten, and ten. Um, but yeah, so let's go, let's go look at this. Yeah, so Framil Reyes batting 217, Oscar Mercado batting 150, Miles Raw batting 250. So I will, I will give them <laughs> that they have, they're getting a ton of production from Ahmed Rosario. He's batting just under 400. Jose Ramirez is batting 430, has 11 RBIs on the year already. Yeah, I mean, he had grand slam today, so. Yeah. Um, 
and then Stephen Kwan batting six sixty seven through fifteen at bats. Uh Andres Jimenez batting three oh eight. Owen Miller's batting five hundred. You know, and th- these guys all have double digit at bats like they've played in pretty much every game. Um all of, all of those guys we just named have played in, in every yeah. game so far for the Guardians. Yeah, someone's gotta play for their team, you know. Right. So, so it's like yes, they have recognizable major league players, but they aren't superstars. Like they're not they're not like, oh man, this is the heart of our lineup. Framil Reyes, Jose Ramirez, Oscar Mercado, like that's not that's not striking fear into the heart of many pitchers, I'm sure. Um, so I I think part of this outburst so far is likely due to the fact that they have played the Royals and the Reds. Um, but so it's like when they face Grinky, they didn't do anything. They only scored one run in that game. Um, and then who started their second game? Cause they got shut out in the second game of that series. And they got shut out through 10 innings. Um, who started? Uh, Brad Keller. Stud. Is he stud? I, I would call him a stud, but he's fine. He's not a number two, but he's good. He's, he's, he's out there two for the Royals. He's, yeah, he's number two for the Royals for sure. Uh, Brady Singer, though, could be the number two for the Royals at any time, so you know, watch out. Um, and then, he, dude, imagine, dude, he'd be the number one if Grinky wouldn't have came back this year. Yeah. And then it was a whole lot of everybody that got hit around <laughs> in the third game. Uh, Chris Bubik put up, let up five runs in two thirds of an inning. Uh, then this guy Clark came in and got out of that inning. He also gave up a run. Uh, it was a, looks like a solo home run. And then I don't know who this is. Jackson Coar <laughs> pitched in relief. He went three and a third, gave up seven runs on ten hit or on eleven hits. And then, oh, yeah, then Brady Singer came in and pitched the final three innings, and he That's gave good. up he gave up four runs on six hits. And that. So, like, just ev- everyone that pitched for, like, an extended period of time got beat up on that day. And the, Cleveland scored in the first, second, fourth, fifth, seventh, and eighth. <laughs> so... And four of those innings were crooked numbers. Like it was ten nothing after the second. So they Royals just not not good there. Um, and then yeah, they put up ten on Cincinnati today. And I know Maley started, but we know what to expect. Cincinnati's not one of those teams that kind of sold everybody. Um, yeah. And they've given up. Like they're averaging. 10 runs against right now or you, five uh, runs against through five games. Five have runs you seen the, the Cincinnati owner being like, <laughs> yeah, we mean, why should I sell the team? What the fuck? 
Yeah. Or like, oh, you want me to compete? This is what I'll do. Um. Yeah. So I. So from a from a fan fantasy perspective, though, I think that they're. We're we're both in good spot. I think you're obviously you're a little more comfortable, but um, the team you're playing, I think, also has looked a little better than what I've been facing. Um, I mean, he's got a relief pitcher with 21 points right now. Yeah, uh, that's who yeah. I wanted. That's who that's who I wanted along with Blake Drinan was Jordan Romano um, as my other reliever, and he took home like a couple picks before I was going to take him. I should have went Romano first instead of Trinan, but. Ooh, you went Trinan first. I did. I took Trinan first, and I was like, this is dumb. Um, at least I think that's how it played out. I know Romano and Trinan were the two I was looking at. But yeah, and then he also has, like, Wander Franco, who's got 30 points. Byron Buxton, 25 points. So yeah, he has yeah, those, you know, Abreu, 18 and a half points. Yeah, those are those are solid numbers for a week, let alone it only being five days, and we still have five days left. Um, so it just kind of matched you, but what has set you apart is the extra points from your starting pitching, like we just talked yeah. about. Um, you know, fifty points from two of your starters, good deal. Yeah, Adam Wainwright had a great start. I didn't think anyone else on my squad was going to match that start. And then Kyle Gibson. Yeah, and who did he do that against? Was that against the Mets? Is that who Philly was playing when he did that? Or was it before Um, that series? Oh, God, who was it? I watched watched on the way home. I mean, I know it was good. Like, seven innings, ten Ks. Uh, no, um, not necessarily no, I don't think no hits, but no walks. Yeah, I'm going to look right now. Schedule scores. Uh, I, I forget who Philadelphia it was went up the... Saturday because yeah. we were at the game. And yeah, I was it Minnesota home. maybe? Uh, no, it was Oakland. Oakland. So it was, I, I forget who, I can remember yeah. who Philly opened up their season against. <clears throat> but yeah, so not not the greatest team, but again, that's what you want your guys to do. Um, I had a pitcher go yeah, against Arizona them. and got me like two points, so you know it's fine. Okay, to start. Um. Yeah. So then, in the same vein as Stephen Kwan, so I, you know, we we had. Steve on just auto draft basically and no one wanted to take a flyer on this say a Suzuki guy and he's had a pretty good start he, he's hit more home runs three than he has swings and misses two yeah like I I think he because he hit two more today um like he went two for four two home runs today and even prior to that he was hitting 375. So, like he he's off to pretty good start, making a splash. Um, you know, for that team, and like Cedric Mullins was another one that I, you know, that he got drafted for him, having a big week already. You know, with 19 points. Granted, a lot of that was today, 17 points today. 
But those are like kind of like the outbreaks that I, I, I haven't gotten mm-hmm. yet in fantasy. Yeah, you need a guy. You need a guy or two I, to have the. Yeah. Or I just need to make sure the team I'm playing doesn't have that. Oh, Dodgers are playing again. I gotta go make sure Trinan's not pitching. Because, <laughs> because Minnesota's scoring runs. Um. Now it looks like Evan Phillips is who they brought in and Garrett Clevenger is who was pitching when the rain delay started. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> other than those two, I also wanted to call out. So pools needs 20 more home runs to get the 700. Mm-hmm. Do you think he will do it? I think that the Cardinals are going to allow him every effort to hit 20 home runs this year. He will play in enough games that I just don't know if he'll see enough left-handed pitching. So I'm going to go, no, he will not hit 20 more home runs. And he might hit 16 more, 15 more. So, how close do you think he needs to be to 700? And how productive does to he need play to play next year? To play next year. Oh, uh, well, so it's really just if he wants to play next year, especially like if he's willing to. Uh, okay, after today's ovation, and then like the. I was reading that, like, so remember how I texted you? I wonder how excited Nolan Arenado was to go back to back with Albert Pools because when he came to St. Louis, he, like, you know, was like. I love you, Albert Pools. Like after, like a, uh, like he had a whole press conference, and then afterwards was like, "Hey, I just want to say one thing." And it was about Albert Pools and the biggest right. favorite player. Um, and even he was like, "When I hit a home run, everyone went crazy." And then Albert hit a home run, and it was like, you know, it it was like I didn't even hit one anymore, almost, you know. So, um, I, I, if if he wants to play next year, I think he'll play here again. I don't think productivity. We had Matt Carpenter on a horrible contract and was willing to play him, so I'm not concerned with that. I think he has to be within ten, eight. You know, I was. He would have to have like a just a. I don't know. I guess maybe getting only ten home runs or twelve home runs or even fifteen home runs. Like fifteen home runs is a pretty good year. His age, right? I I think he hits in home runs isn't enough. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'd say a lot he, of things if he, him yeah, if he hits 15 this year, he would need six more. So to me, I I feel like like I, so for me, it's it's not even so much like if he stays healthy and he produces at some level, then I'm for it. I guess to me, the concern I have is it is being highly marketed and highly touted that like this is their final ride, like. Molina, Wayno, Pujols back Whoa. together. So if it ends up not being that, how shitty is that to the fans? Like if that's yeah, I mean Wainwright hasn't even Wainwright's even said, "Yo, come the blanks on me retiring." Right, like, I might have another year in me. So he might not even retire. The other two have said they were going to retire. And who in sports hasn't retired and unretired? Like yeah, it never have. Tom Brady. He's... Tom Brady wasn't even retired for a full off season and he came back. So I, I mean, if, especially 
any other I don't know maybe some fan bases might take it but this one would eat that shit up they'd so be like I, they're gonna be like encore encore do it yeah again, so do I it don't again. mean it from a fan standpoint because like I so uh Kester like I have seen him post more shit related to Cardinals because Pujols came back than I have in the entire time I've known him prior to this you know in the six or seven years we've been in each other's lives I've never known him to be a big baseball guy but I have seen him on social media make numerous posts about Cardinals, which is great. Like that's exactly what I imagined this signing was meant to do. Like to bring back a fan base of a time seemingly forgotten because of all of the the bad finishes that have happened. Hey, give you us know. credit for what we used to be able to do. Right. You know? Like let's remember bring back that credit. You know, let's bring yeah. these guys back. Um but for so for me the part that i'm not a fan of is that if it gets marketed to fans that this is what's going on and like tickets are more expensive or there's these giveaways or what whatever like that there's supposed to be all this like memorabilia or commemorative stuff that people end up paying an arm and a leg for and it's because it's the message that the team's selling and the players aren't, then I have an issue with the team. If the players are also like, oh yeah, this is probably my last hurrah. Like, um, I remember like the going away tour for like Derek Jeter or like uh, Mariano Rivera, especially. Like, it was a big deal. Like, there were like teams were giving them shit. Like, the Red Sox gave Rivera a plaque for, you know, in his final game at Fenway. Like, when the after the Yankees were like, like mathematically eliminated or whatever, um, that it was like, Hey, here, here you go. Like, we know this is going to be your last game. You've said that you're going to retire. This is what's going to happen. And so there, there were, there was shit because of that. So if, if the same thing were to happen and it's being marketed that way, then I have a problem with it. But to your point, like Wayno has said, Hey, I'm not saying that I'm retiring. It's a possibility, but I'm not saying I'm going to. I could have retired the past three years, but look at me now. Right. So we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, it'll I'll retire. I'll when no also in the middle of the me. year or towards the end of the year, be like, you know what, I'm going to give it another go. The Cardinals also might be like, you know, yeah, pool Arenado's like, yeah, you know, as long as Pools is here, you know, I guess it's only one more year, but. You know, if it's one more year to get him to stay here without opting out, and then you lock him into the rest of his fucking contract. Um, finally, then you know he might do whatever whatever that cost is. And if it's to have Albert Pools hit behind him for one more year, then you probably try to make that happen. Yeah, um, and and then right now the team's winning. So really, yeah. what's the issue if they stick around? Like Kisner's getting playing time. Yeah, point, winning like fixes got... all. <laughs> winning issues yeah. fixes all issues. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're three and one. Like they're, it's fine. Like they're they're looking good. Like Wayno looked sharp. Um, Molina struggled, but you know Kisner's getting some playing time. Um, Molina's kind of looked lost, not necessarily striking out, putting the ball in play. He's just going to beat anything out anymore. Um. But, you know, if they can, if they're adding value to the teams, like maybe Molina's the one that isn't, but, 
you know, again, like if Pools is just going to play against lefties, that's great. And I think that that's awesome for the 28-man roster. We'll see what it does whenever the 26-man roster comes about and you have a guy that basically is, you know, just a pinch hitter off the bench. Um, you know, because you can't, you're, you don't feel comfortable get him in it, getting him in against righties because he didn't look too great against righties. I mean, like he wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but apparently Pujols said Ali Marmola saying that Pujols came to him in batting practice and told him first pitch I see today I'm hitting out. Sure. How many times? How many times do you think he said that? Yeah, I bet I bet he said that. Calling the shots, dude. Um. Yeah, one hundred percent true. I bet yeah, that's accurate. Now I think. Now I think he's definitely getting home twenty home runs. So he's gonna call a shots. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Runs, or, or he paid that guy. He paid that kid. Like, hey. <laughs> he. That's why he's. That's why he was there. He was like, I got this guy's salary for the day. Yeah. And the Pirates were like, Yeah, deal. Easy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he paid the kid. Yeah. That's a good take. Yeah. <laughs> Here's dude, five to million dollars. Like, especially as a young kid. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe some of them are like, "Oh man, I watched Albert growing up. Like, I just lob ball him one up there, let him get one, so I can get to seven hundred. Yeah. You know, add me, I add my name be, to his list. Yeah, I just want to be a guy on that list. Yeah, yeah. You never know. We'll see. If he starts hitting home runs off right-handers, we'll start asking questions. Yeah, because weren't they saying like that? That kid, I think I want to say they were saying Lynch like grew up in Potosi. I think that's who they were talking about. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, even worse, dude. Yeah, yeah let <laughs> me let me look. No, he was born. He was born in Richmond. They were talking about somebody. Maybe so. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe someone later in the game. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find anything. I'll I'll see if I can track down what it was. Um, but yeah, they they were. I know they were talking about it. And I I think it was the. I think it was the Cardinals game. It might have been the Blues game though too, because I think uh, I can't remember his first name. Something Frederick plays for Boston, but he's from St. Louis, so they might have been talking about him. So, but I thought I, I I didn't really have the Blues announcers on. I had the Cardinals game on. So, <clears throat> but yeah, it doesn't look like it was him at least. So Ooh, Ryan that, Preston, in for the save. Let's go. <clears throat> um, Need the save. But we, so we, we have on here to do a new segment. Um, I don't want to go into it too much because we don't have a lot to go off of and we're already a little over two hours. Um, but just so people know to look forward to it going forward and they know a little bit more about what it's about. So because this kind of falls in the middle of a week in a weird spot and we recorded later, it it's fine that we're pushing it. So we're going to do this as long as you're on board with it. It seemed like you were. Um, yeah, but this yeah, yeah, yeah. Zeros and Heroes. So basically like it's uh, our version of like who's hot who's not um but we'll pick one for each side so a hero and a zero for the last week 
um, for the Cardinals, for the Yankees, and then for our, our fancy teams. Um, fantasy, I, I feel like it'll more just be like an update. Um, I guess maybe like a hero doesn't have to be like a, a weekly performance. It could be like a, a big time performance on Sunday night, to like swing, like to pull out a victory yeah. or something along those lines. So yeah, maybe weekly it isn't MVP just as, or something. Yeah. So maybe it's not as clear as just whoever the top point score is, but I feel like in fantasy, a lot of times that's who it will be. Um, so there probably won't be too much analytics there. Um, but in actual baseball, it obviously isn't as cut and dry. Um, like defense and stuff like that plays a part. So, um, but we'll, we'll get into that. I, like, I think, you know, for an example, like it would be tough for me this week, I guess, for the Yankees probably to, to pick, um, here I'd probably be like, maybe like Rizzo might be, <laughs> who I would go with, maybe Stanton. Josh Donaldson got a game-winning hit. No, like, <laughs> Rizzo, Rizzo and Stanton both, like, had the, the two home runs each. Um, and Rizzo's were just, like, big-time home runs. Like, with getting the Yankees going early, um, when Cole gave up three in the first, he came right back with a big two-run home run. Um, so that's why I'd probably go with Rizzo for a hero. Um my zero for the Yankees probably would be Connor Falefa. Um, cause he has just done nothing. Yeah. Like he, you know, not in any bad way. I think he has like one or two errors as well, but he's like one for 14, uh, gang of strikeouts for him. Bad, like 0.071. Higashioka is kind of the same way, but he at least, you know, catches a good game, but he's also yeah. doing dog shit at the plate. Um, but for the Cardinals, the the hero side is easy. Arenado, yeah, down, Arenado. Um, the zero, it would be tough for me, but I would probably go with Mats, which is maybe uh. a little unfair. Um, yeah, so I wasn't gonna go Matt. I was just gonna go the DH position in general. But um, but Pujols kind of fixed today, that tonight. So. Yeah, yeah, but that was my that was minus today. So I you know I read I was reading this earlier the afternoon the game hadn't even started. So um, right, because I I would have agreed as well because that's what I was looking at last night was how bad yeah. the DH spot was. Yeah, and really like and really I think I'd just rather pick on offense more than I'd rather pick up on pitching like pitching you know you i think it's you know getting a rhythm and game you know could be a right. little and bit the, rougher uh um, to and get going and matt's outing had an impact on one game whereas yeah. you know like even like molina like if kisner doesn't have the home run tonight the catcher spot for the cardinals is also very piss poor yeah um but i just i i have a hard time you know, just differentiating on at the plate um, because defensively, you know, they they do a lot more. And that's kind of why I lean more towards IKF on the Yankee side yeah. than Higashioka. Um, yeah. And the Cardinals still could have won that Mats game. Let's get real. Um, you know. Yeah, but he had a very back. bad outing. Like seven earned runs yeah, across but, four innings. Is I mean, 
Yeah, but I didn't watch it, and Skip told me it wasn't his fault. So I can only believe Skip. <laughs> Fair. So yeah, so that's, Let's go. so that's why I, again, like that's like a brief introduction. Um, I think they'll be, we'll we'll be a little more prepared, and ideally it'll be on the, like a little a little better body of work. So at this point, we'll kind of take it from you know Monday to Sunday when we talk about this next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but cool. Um. Again, ran a little longer, but new lots go in. We had series plus to kind of cover. Um, so weird timing, but uh, I think we got to everything we wanted to. Mm. Um, anything else on on your end? Uh, no, gravy. All right, cool. Well, um, the game plan is to to be back monday so everyone will hear us tuesday morning rather than wednesday morning but we'll see life happens True. Um, but yeah either way till next time stay cool peace bye